Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. As he wants to do some more in this room today. Amen. You know, he does that. He speaks to us. And uh, there's no more sure way that God speaks to us than through the, his word. And so I want to invite you to do this today. Grab your Bible and go to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. And uh, if you use the YouVersion Bible app, you're more than welcome to go there. Follow along on the live event taking place and save that and share that. And if you're new here today, we just want to let you know we're excited that you're here. So Faith Family, do this. Love on our first time guests today and let them know you're glad they're here. Amen. Amen. We hope you'll join us uh, this weekend. A lot happening, a lot taking place. Good Friday worship, Saturday fellowship, egg hunts, food, resurrection services on Sunday. It's just going to be a good weekend next weekend. Grab invite cards, please share invite, and uh, we'll celebrate the goodness of God together. But Luke chapter 23, we're going to hang out there, and we worship a while, and then we're going to jump straight in, and uh, it won't be long, but uh, I want to pray. Will you pray with me? You mind doing that? Amen. I don't know what I should pray for. I invite you to do this. Pray for me. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Let's just pray one more time. God, thank you so much for just being in this room today, God. And uh, Lord, for the word, Lord, this just uh, we have open in front of us, the life that's there, God, the hope and healing, all that lies within it. So, Father, Lord, let the words just come off the page today. Lord, come into our hearts. And, Lord, I just pray, God, as we just, uh, Lord, today look at the last words that your son spoke to us, Father, from the cross, God. They'll, they'll, they'll just in every way impact us and change us, cause us to fully commit, surrender everything to you today, Lord. We ask that in Jesus' incredible name. Say it with me. Amen. 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 Uh, if you've been with us last six, seven weeks now, seven weeks now, we're at a series that we're finishing and completing today called The Last Seven. And uh, these are the last words that Jesus spoke as he hung upon the cross. Now, these are not the last words that he spoke, amen, and because uh, he, he comes back from the grave, and uh, we're going to celebrate that next week, as always, but uh, he, he spoke seven important, very crucial, important statements that, that would change our hearts, change our lives, and reveal his nature, and what, again, that he spoke at death brings life to us, and so these are those seven statements, and just quickly, week one, we, were, we saw Jesus look up towards heaven, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. We see the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. I mean, the very first thing he says, I mean, that, that, is, that is his heart. That is his nature. And so we see the forgiveness flow from him. We see in a conversation on week two that took place between the criminals who, who hung upon each side of him, that in one of the conversations that he had with that criminal, he spoke to him and he said to him, Surely I say to you that today you will be with me in paradise. Amen. Paradise is in the presence of Jesus. And so we saw a conversion take place where that criminal who was once coming at him and in every way yelling and screaming and mocking now turns his heart to him. And we see again, grace and forgiveness flow. We see week three where Jesus does this. He looks down from the cross. He looks down to his mother and his disciple whom he loved, John, there below him. And he speaks to his mother and he says, woman, behold your son. Then he says to the disciple, behold your mother. Beautiful words that show that Jesus is concerned about every area of our life and not just the eternal, but the, the moment, the, the temporal, where you're at right now. And he meets our needs. And again, how we are to love one another. Week four, we learned that Jesus did this. Again, cries out to God. He says, my God, my God, why have you 
forsaken me. Yeah, you're good. You've been listening. I like that. Forsaken me. And uh, we know that Jesus, in that moment, took upon the sin of the world. A man who, would, without sin, became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Amen? Good news. Such good news. And we see in week five where he says this. He says, I thirst. Now, again, this is not just the natural thirst that I believe he's speaking of, though he was. I believe he's painting a picture showing us and revealing to us that he's there to meet our thirst, our need. He goes to a woman at a well, and he has a conversation with her and tells her, you drink me, this well that will never run dry. And again, beautiful words of Jesus. And last week we saw where he said, it is finished, done, complete, accomplished. Man, beautiful words of Jesus. And again, he paid in full for us. Amen, the sin issue. He paid for us and accomplished it. It was not a cry of defeat. It was a victory cry, which is how we should cry. And again, we serve the victorious ones, so now we're not victims. We're victorious in him. And he yells out this victory cry, and he declares it again that it is finished. He settles it, and we're going to find out if after he says this, some things begin to take place. Come on, amen. This is good. And so now the seventh and final statement today that we're going to look at, and tell your neighbor, this is the last one. This is it. Amen. Don't mean you don't have to come back to church and you're done that. No, but this is the last one from the cross. This is the last statement that he makes. Now, I love Jesus, and thankfully, I'm not Jesus. And uh, because, like, if I were Jesus, I, I would have taken that moment and that opportunity to say, I'd be back. <laughs> not to say it like that, Kathy. I'd, I'd be back. And I, I mean, just, you know, I, Again, thankfully I'm not. Uh, so, so he says something that's like way better, and he says it way better. So let's look at his words today, Luke 23. If you're there, say amen. amen. Let's go. Verse 44. Now it was about the sixth hour that there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Again, we learned that, again, the light of this world is giving us life. Darkness now comes upon the land. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. Oh, man, he, he cried out. He spoke forth that it's finished. And again, we see that veil of the temple torn in two. And in verse 46, it says, When Jesus cried out with a loud voice, he said, the last statement, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathes his last. The last statement, the lasting words of Christ, powerfully, just beautifully said, way better than I would be back. Uh, but uh, so much power in this. And again, that Jesus began to show us, again, his nature, his character, who he is and what he does. And these are things also, again, that we can draw from, learn not only about him, but are things that we can learn that we should apply to our life. And so we see in this today the, uh, the very first thing that, again, God placed upon my heart as I read this, number one this morning, is that prayer is crucial at every level. Come on. Prayer is crucial at every level. Have you caught the flow of what's been happening as Jesus hung upon the cross? The very first words that as he hung there, suspended between heaven and earth, after being beaten, bruised, crushed, there on that cross, 
those first words he cries out to his father, setting a precedent for us that we should always start, begin, go to God in prayer. Man, I love it. We learned that that was what he said in the middle statement. The fourth week is he cried out to God, and we see now in this last statement he's praying to God yet again. The last words, what he speaks. Now, I was, I was looking this up, and this is amazing. These are some of the last words of some, some famous people, and these were their words. Uh, some, depending upon your age, you're going to recognize, or the level of history you know. Some, you're going to be like, I have no idea who that is. But, but the first one is this. John Belushi said this. He was a comedian. John Belushi, a uh, great comedian, uh, addicted to drugs. He, he said this after being j- injected with a Class A drug that killed him. These were his last words. He said, just don't leave me alone. General John Sedgwick, he's uh, one of the uh, officers in the Confederate Army as he was fighting the Confederate War in 1864. As he was there, as he said this to his men, and the men were ducking the fire of the Confederate soldiers, and they were scattering, and they were ducking, and they were running. These were General's last words. His words were, they couldn't hit an elephant at this distance. Some of you are like, should I laugh right now? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I mean, dude, he missed it. I mean, did he not? That those were his last words. They could not hit an elephant at this distance. Apparently they did. Uh, the words of Joan Crawford, an actress from the 70s, known atheist, um, who had a housekeeper who apparently had been witnessing to her that she had continually rejected uh, as she was laying upon her deathbed, as she was in her last moments of life, that housekeeper began to cry out that God would touch her and began to pray aloud for her. And John Crawford spoke out, and she, first of all, said a very bad word that I will not repeat. Then she says this. She says, don't you dare ask God to help me. James Donald French, James Donald French, a convicted murderer and the last criminal ever to be executed under the death penalty in Oklahoma in the electric chair. James Donald French said this, hey, fellas, how about this for a headline for tomorrow's paper? French fries. Maybe he missed his calling. (laughs) Yeah. Leonardo da Vinci said, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Something like Leonardo DiCaprio said that? No, no, Leonardo da Vinci said that. Um, Bob Marley said this. He said, money can't buy life, as he drew his last breath. Harriet Tubman, she said, swing low, sweet chariot. Come on, man. John Rogers, the martyr, my great-grandfather, times like 10, who've heard me preach on from a series called Legacy, who was the first martyr underneath Queen Mary, the first Bloody Mary, who was a part in translating the Bible into the English language that we read today as he was being placed upon uh, the place where he would be burnt and give his life for what he believed. These were his last words. He says, that which I have preached, I will seal with my blood. 
But Jesus has topped everything that anybody else said, and it is beautiful. And he did this for us. Jesus said this. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I like this because these are words that Jesus spoke and these are things that he said and he also did this for us. He taught us and showed us and revealed to us that we are to pray the same way. When he taught the disciples to pray, when he teaches the followers of Jesus to pray, he teaches them to do this. Come to him and say, Our Father. Because this is who God wants to be for us. He wants to be a father for us who loves us. And again, this is so beautiful that Jesus says these words. He looks to the Father above and cries out. He speaks forth now so beautifully and cries out to the Father. And this is something that we are to learn and draw from ourselves today, that we are in the same way to go to God. And our first words and our middle words and our last words, we go to God in prayer. But don't you see so many times, and unfortunately we see this, that prayer sometimes takes a back seat in our life. And even in some churches today, that prayer has been replaced with entertainment and that prayer has been replaced with other things. And so we can never get away from this as this is so crucial at every area and every level of our life, every phase and every stage. I've seen them people do this at different stages of life. Like early on when they come to Christ, they, they accept Jesus' love and grace and it's beautiful, man. There's nothing greater than seeing someone come to Christ. I love it. We celebrate with heaven when it happens and rejoice with, when that takes place. And so many times you'll see like a, a passion begin to like burn in some of these new believers. And they're like, man, he saved me. I was going to hell. Now I'm going to heaven. Man, I want to pray and talk to you. We teach that. It's like a basic of Christianity. We teach it in our disciple classes that, man, this, this is just something that now as a believer you do. You talk to him. You go to the Father. It's so good. But what happens so many times, man, after kind of life can kind of get rough? After sometimes, unfortunately, those new believers look at some older believers? Maybe say, well, I don't see them praying that much. Do I really have to do this anymore? No, listen, listen. Every stage, every phase, man, he's calling us. He's painting the picture. He's showing us here. This is how we live life. We see some do it at like maybe like the first, it was pretty good. They kind of pull back a little bit, and then maybe situations happen in their life, and things go south, and then you do this. Like being in the middle somewhere, you go to God in prayer in those moments. And what's good about God is this. He doesn't push you away. He said, man, you should have been. If you'd have been praying to me all along, he doesn't do that. But, but so many times we see this. We see him kind of go when things get difficult. And, and sometimes you see it, and luckily, again, you see the grace of God, the favor of God in the criminal's life. He waited to the end. But God was gracious towards him. But the thing about us, we don't know when that end comes. We don't know when that will be. And so some wait and some do this. They pray at the very end. But we see Jesus showing us something. And this is not just something he's teaching from just the cross. This is something in the way that he lived his life. Jesus did this. Jesus modeled this. Jesus taught this. Jesus lived this life. He lived in a relationship of communication with the Father. And so should we. And so, again, he has this relationship that's open. They talk to one another, speak to one another. I've taught on prayer, and you've heard me say there's really like only two good times to pray. It's when you feel like it and when you don't. Come on. Amen. So we go to God in prayer. Again, I'm thankful that Jesus does this. He showed us and revealed to us. And I can promise you this. If you begin to pray to God and spend time with him at every level, those levels will change. Your situation will turn around. So tell your neighbor, listen, man, pray to every level. Tell me at every level, you need to pray, man. 
spend time in prayer. Again, I'm thankful. Again, Jesus' last word showed to us a prayer to the Father. Number two, now this is important that we understand this, and we've been seeing this kind of tie together and, and come together in each of the statements as this, this kind of works, but it all kind of like makes sense now. Well, we see the number two thing today is this, that nobody, and I'm going to say this one more time, nobody took Jesus' life. Nobody. Nobody took Jesus' life. There's been a lot of people fighting wars and like, man, this group killed God and this group killed Jesus and what they did it. Now, listen, let us all understand something. Nobody killed Jesus. Jesus did this. Jesus laid his life down for us. Nobody took this life from him because you're seeing now that Jesus does this. The Bible says in a loud voice, he cries out. Because the, the, we've studied this early on, but that Roman crucifix, you remember the worst torture chamber that there was in that day, and we would see that as they would give their life, that they had their two feet placed upon one another, and that spike between those, those, those uh, feet and those spikes placed between those hands and wrist, they would then every, their body weight being pulled down from the weight, that they would try to push themselves up. They would try to take in a breath, Making me hard to breathe right now. Just talk, trying to describe this. I'm about to pass it out right now, and it may not be the Holy Ghost. Whew. Listen, I pulled up, and you—if if you've been there, and I've—I've I've been with, with with some of you, like as you lost a loved one, difficult, hard. It's more than again, any of us want to be in those situations. But I've been there. You know what they do? Barely hear what they were saying. You're like, you'd, you'd have to, as they were speaking, as they laid hospital bed, nursing home bed, or home, where that may be, just with little life left in them. You kind of find yourselves leaning into and just trying to understand and trying to like quieten everybody else down in the room. Not my God. No, my Jesus, because my Bible says this that with a loud voice that he still had full control of his life. He still had breath in his lungs, and nobody could take that from him. Nobody could pull that away. You can nail him there. He could have stayed there. But listen, this is what Jesus did. He gave his life for us. He laid it down. And it was not. It cannot be a sacrifice until it is given, not taken. And so this is what he does. He gives his life for us. That's what Jesus does. I love it. You see this. He spoke these words earlier. In John 10, you would see him speaking and kind of like putting in preparation and kind to prepare and trying to help them understand that this day would come, that this day would take place, and that it's not going to be defeat, but it's going to be victory. He tried to help them understand that you're going to see this happen. You're going to understand. What if we could just hold on to every word he said? What if they could have held on to every word he said? They wouldn't have ran and hid when they began to be Jesus. They would begin to worship and honor and say, man, just wait. Just watch what he's about to do. Listen, and so they understood if they would have grabbed hold of these words, Jesus said this to them. John 10, 11. Love this. He says this. He said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives. Say that. He gives his life for the sheep. He goes on. He repeats again in verse 14 of John 10. He says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. Amen. And as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. 
<laughs> Nobody killed Jesus. And, he, and other sheep, verse 16, I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Do you understand he's talking about you? Amen. Not just the ones that were there that day, but the ones that will come and become a part of this and him become their shepherd as well, that you today can hear the voice of God just as clearly as they can hear the words of Jesus speak from that cross that day. Oh, man, it's so good. It's good news. He says in verse 17, Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it again. And this command I have received from my Father. This is what Jesus did for us. This is how much he loves you. This is how much he wanted to be in relationship with you, that he lays his life down. He gives his life. We're going to celebrate it like next week, like probably more than usual, but we probably do it a lot around here, maybe more some places. Jesus being alive. Come on, he's resurrected, that he is alive. But listen, he was letting them know, listen, I'm going to take this back. Nobody's going to take this life. I'm going to take it. I'm going to lay it down again. First John three sixteen. he said it again. He says, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You know, Jesus never asked anything of you that he hasn't already done for you. He always, he's always set the picture. He's always set the example. And he always gives the power and the authority and spirit and anointing to walk in this again. This is what Jesus does for us. Again, prayer is crucial at every level. And Jesus did this for us. Laid his life down. Nobody took Jesus' life. Tell your neighbor you got to because they might be getting tired right now. All right. Jesus gave his life. Tell them, Jesus gave his life. Now make it personal for them, say for you. Come on, he did it for you. Amen, he did it for you. Number third and the final thing this morning is this. It's not in the form of statement, but it's actually in the form of a question. And it's a question that as we summarize all of these things that Jesus spoke, as we look at all the words that he declared from the cross, it's something that we must examine now our hearts. And we cannot leave this series without examining this question. We must look at this very serious. And I'm going to ask you this morning, where do you place everything? Where do you place everything? Where do you place everything? Jesus shows us this. Father, into your hands, I commit. Father, it's into your hands, I trust. It's into your hands, I surrender everything over to you. A commit means this. A commit means to place or to set before, to entrust. I don't know if you've ever seen the picture. Uh, uh, Will, if you would throw that picture up, I sent you guys. Now, I want you to just take a look at that. This made 9 a.m. crowd, like, really hungry. <laughs> you should be had, already had bread. Well, now you're probably about ready for some lunch, so you may be getting hungry again. Who, who that makes you hungry? If you look at that, that makes you hungry. It's okay. Glory to his name. Come on. Je- I'm thankful for bacon, bro. I'm serious, man. I'm, th- I'm not under the law, son. I mean, new covenant, man. We can eat bacon. Listen to this. I, I love it. I love it. I don't know if you can read that, but commitment is the point of this picture. And underneath it, it says the chicken was dedicated, but the pig, pig was committed. 
comes from a little story, kind of funny, but, but humorous. But it says this, a pig, a pig and a chicken walking down the road. And a chicken says, hey, pig, I was thinking we should open up a restaurant. Pig replies, hmm, okay, well, what, what should we call it? The chicken responds, how about ham and eggs? Pig thinks for a moment and says, no thanks, I'd be committed but you'd only be involved. Hmm. Which are we? Are we involved? Like, okay, it's like Sunday. I'm going to throw him in here a little bit, mix him in, let him be involved with what's going on. Or are we like, man, I want to be all in. I want to be committed in everything I have and everything that I do is in you, God, and I commit everything over to you. I surrender it all to you. Jesus shows us this. He asks us to walk in this. He, he, he is now once again, and in the last words that he speaks, he is yet now for the third time speaking forth a psalm. We learned this earlier in the series. He's done this twice already with the two of the things that he said. And now he is speaking for Psalm 31 verse 5 now where he is saying, Into your hands I commit my spirit. These are words that are so powerful that that David penned and that we learned that they would teach this to Jewish children. And this was a prayer that they would pray, much like our prayer at night. Some of you maybe who learned this, like, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray to the Lord, so to keep. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, some of y'all taught your kids that. Some of you like learned that. It's kind of like, man, I'm putting my confidence in you. You know what this prayer was? They would teach them this, and they would say this, Father, into you I commit. It's into you, God, I trust. It's into you I surrender everything. And so the question has to be asked of us today, have we done this? Have we given him full control of our life? Have we placed everything within his hands? Jesus showed us this. He was like about the Father's business like at 12, and he never ended. We saw him just continue to walk in this, and we learned that as he continued in the Father's business that last week he completed what he was sent to do, and we learned that he said it is finished. And we see from this passage, once he declared and said those words, the moment he spoke those words, the veil of that temple tore from the top to the bottom. And because we learned that last week this was a veil that was separating them from the holy place, the most holy place of God's presence, that they would have to only be able to go into that one time a year and they would make this sacrifice. We learned it in Hebrews 9, 12. It says that not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Then now he did this for us as he went in the veil of the temple, He gave his life. Now we do this. We boldly approach his throne. We enter in. Greg Laurie said it this way. He said, religion is man's attempt to reach God. Christianity is God's attempt to reach man. And this is what took place when Jesus did this for us, when he gave his life, when that veil, that temple was, was torn to, that we see now Jesus died in our place for our sins. He became the offerer, the offering, turned around and received what was being offered. That's what Jesus does for us. And now this is the only thing that makes sense for me today, that I place everything in his hands. Because he did this for us. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, to just as the worship team comes, I want to ask you to stand. I want to ask you to take a moment right now. It's been a lot, man, thrown at us that we've just.
kind of been reading and studying. And so many words of Jesus that have so much significance and meaning in our lives. But I want to ask, I want to ask you this right now. I want to ask you, what's he saying to you right now? Spirit of God draws us and pulls us and draws us to Him. Have you done this? Have you placed everything in His hands? Again, Jesus shows us this, reveals this for us. And He said, Father, and it's into your hands, I commit my spirit. You've given your spirit over to God. Have you given Him fullness? Because that's what it lives forever. Eternal life, or there's eternal death, a separation. And Jesus did it this way. Went in, became that sin offering for us. And made a way for us. For you right now, if you have not surrendered your life to the Lord, he made a way for you to now have the opportunity to go into that holy place with God. And for yourself, have a relationship. You don't have to depend upon a pastor. You don't depend upon a priest. You don't listen that you can have a personal, intimate encounter relationship with God. You know how it works? Just commit and surrender everything over to Him. I don't know. I just, I don't ask you as you just, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Listen, have you done this? Have you trusted everything with Him? Just even as I ask you that right now, is the Holy Spirit highlighting something in your heart? Maybe revealing right now, maybe just shining light on something that's like, I need to trust you with that, God. I need to surrender that to you as well. And we fully commit to Him when we understand that we can fully trust Him. And we can. We can trust Him. Listen, He made a way for you. I'm thankful for that. I don't have to have somebody go in for me. I myself can have a relationship with God. And you can too. So just as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I want to ask you this morning this question. Have you entrusted everything over to Him? Are there some things maybe you've been holding back right now? If right now that's you, just there's some things you just, you just God's highlighted some things in your heart that you need to turn this over to me. You need to trust me with this. Surrender this over to me right now, right where you're standing. Just lift up both hands, and I want you to do it this way. As as you lift up those hands to him, I want you to keep those hands open. I want you to keep the hands open right now, just just releasing right now what you've been holding on to. Just releasing that right now, letting that go. Several hands just raised to Father. Yes, God, just release that over to him right now. God, we trust you right now. highlighting some things in your heart. Listen, don't let anything stop you from this. Don't let complacency or pride or, listen, insecurities. Listen, none of those things. Listen, everything again, he's highlighting, showing you. God, release it to me now, Father. Trust you with this, God. 
For some of you who are listening, it may be your salvation, your eternal hope in Him that you, you've been holding on to some years. You need to today surrender it all to Him. Surrender it all. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.